they were greatly distressed. And they went and reported to their master all that had taken place. Then his master summoned him and said to him, You wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you pleaded with me. And should not you have done that same thing, shown the same mercy on your fellow servant as I had mercy on you? And in anger, his master delivered him to the jailers until he should pay all his debts. So also my heavenly father will do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother from your heart. God, today, God, help us. There's a plague in our minds and you have a heart and a will to release us from that. And so today, however it applies, help us to release it. We come against the enemy in the name of Jesus. We ask that you would cast them out in the name of Jesus and let this place be a place of wholeness. Let it be a place of reflection. Let it be a place of honesty. Let it be a place where we say, yes, yes, Lord, we hear you. We get it. We're gonna go with you. And so God, we trust you with this time. And we ask this in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen, amen. All right, so I'm gonna ask you a couple of questions, okay? And however they apply, thank you. However they apply, let them apply. But um, how often in our marriages do we keep score? Come on now, let's just be honest, okay? Never. So the experienced ones say never. Those of us that have been in just a little while, maybe 14 years, we say sometimes. But uh, let me just go along a little bit further. How many of us keep score in our relationships? How many of us keep scores in our employment with our coworkers, with our pastors, with our churches, with those that maybe are related to us but aren't like mom and dad, or maybe mom and dad. Now, the kind of scorecard that I'm talking about is the kind of scorecard that you don't verbalize. It's the kind of scorecard that's like in your mind, right? And it just keeps uh, getting added to and added to and added to and added to, just like a, a scorecard. Now, what do you mean? I'm gonna be funny for a second just to let you understand. Like, I am really good as a husband of keeping a scorecard. I mean, that's important, right? Of what she did or didn't do, you know what I mean? I'm just kidding. We won't be teaching that next week, okay? But let's be real, right? Come on now. Even in the little stuff, we often do what? We keep score. Well, I can't believe she did that. And you know what? I can't believe she did that. Then two later, she did it again. And then three days later, she did it again. And in my mind, it just keeps getting piled on and on and on and on. And then all of a sudden, three weeks later, I come to her and say, I just can't believe that you keep... Well, when did this start? Well, a couple weeks ago. Well, why didn't you say anything? Because I was mad, right? But church, here's the thing. In life, we keep scorecards in our minds. It's not about those things that we verbalize. I promise you right now, as good a Christian you are, you probably are keeping a scorecard on someone else. You've got some ill feelings. You've got some stuff going on. And you're keeping that mental scorecard. Well, they did well, they didn't. Well, they did for so-and-so, but they didn't for me. Did they forget that I, I mean, I could, I could keep on because church is just a reality. Humans are good scorekeepers. And we love to add on to it. What's crazy though about scorecards is oftentimes the other person doesn't even know you got them going on. They don't know you got it going on until the blow-up. Then the blow-up and it's like, well, why didn't you? Well, I don't know. 
See, scorecards. Scorecards are hard to let go. Let me ask you this. So what's the, what's the big deal about a scorecard? All right, well, let me, let me give it to you. And I'm going to say this statement. I want you to hold on to this statement until the end. When we keep score, we miss the beauty of the kingdom work all around us and within us. Well, what do you mean? Well, you know, when you're filling your head with a scorecard, your head, even though it's like great, right? I know you all got great heads. I do, you do, right? We can fit a lot in there. But the more scores that we're keeping on people about how they've this, that, and the other thing, the more space it takes up, the less we can see the kingdom of God, the less we can see the good in. You know what happens when I keep a scorecard on my wife? The great things that come along, I don't see them. The moments where she invests in, I don't see them. The moments where she speaks into me, I don't see it. You know why? Because all I see is the scorecard in my head. And then she wonders why it's not like getting to the heart. It's because there's a scorecard that's not evidenced. That isn't like right there in the open. In church, we do it in everything. Some of us right now today, we're doing it toward the Lord. Well, you know, God did this too, but God didn't too. Well, I saw him show up in, but he's not showing up in church. We are good scorekeepers. And I'm talking from personal experience. And see, the big deal is as our scorecards get bigger and as we collect more and more, it gets in the way of the work of God. The bigger the scorecards are, the further away from God we are. We miss we miss the beauty within people. We miss moments. You ever been in your head and missed a moment? You ever been in your head and you look back and it's like, my goodness, all this that was right there, I missed it because I was in my, I was in my head. Keeping a, keeping a good old score. I bet you there's probably today thousands of people mad at their pastors coming to church because it's what they're supposed to do and then going out not even be able to hear from the Lord. Church, this, this parable that Jesus spoke is bigger than what we, we often just say it's all about forgiveness. It's about so much more than forgiveness. So I want to take you just on a, on a short kind of journey with this, but y'all know what uh, proximity is? Do you know what? I'm so proud of myself, right? I'm just going to say this. I've said that word all morning long. All week I've been saying it so that I would get used to saying because it it's not one of the words I say well. You know what I mean? And so I am on third service and I just said it right. Now watch that I've said something. I'm going to keep saying it and it's going to come out as other things. So whatever comes out of, that's what I meant. Proximity. Okay, I did it again. Okay, good. I'm all right. Whew. All right, I've been practicing. So, um, but proximity is defined as nearness of a relationship. Now, uh, I want you to think about this, right? Today, we're all going to go out, right? We're one because we, we come together to worship. We're part of the mission here. We're part of like the AFC team. I hope you are. You're welcome to be, right? And, and then we go out and we're, we're not close to each other, but we're close to each other, right? Now, what I want you to get is that this parable is more about proximity than it is about forgiveness. Because if you take proximity out, forgiveness is hard. And I want you to hold on to that because I'm not going to give you what I mean yet. Okay, so I want to take you on a journey of this passage and really break it down. I want you to picture it in your mind. And so here, here we've got this situation. 
We've got this situation of a master. Let's just, just call him a master. And, and in my mind, the master is Jesus because Jesus is showing us a, a really beautiful way of, of functioning here. And so here's the master, right? He's looking at the list. There's a long list. Lots of people owe him, right? And, and, and you know, I mean, it's just the way it is. And so he decides to like, I think, start with the high and then move to low. And so he calls in this gentleman, okay, gentleman and says, hey, it's, it's time to like call on the accounts. And, and I kind of made the joke each service about student loans because it's one of those things. And then my wife came to me and said, people are going to think we claim bankruptcy because, you know, I, we didn't, okay? So we never claimed bankruptcy. If you did, that's fine. But I'm just saying like we haven't. Um, but she was worried because she's very financially like, you know. And so anyway, um, right, Janae? Yes. She's like, please don't say. Anyway, but student loans, right? It's so cool when you get them because you don't have to pay for them. It's like they're not even there. And then they give you a little extra, you know what I mean? Like live on and, and you get all that and you, you just keep taking it and taking it. And then you get your degree or maybe you don't get your degree or whatever it is. And like six months later, guess what comes? Your student loan bill, right? It just shows up. What's crazy is we've moved, okay, multiple times. And somehow the government, I never told, I just thought, you know, if you didn't tell them it won't come, you know what I mean? But it, it comes. It's automatically out of our account. But anyway, um, somehow the bill would just show up at our new house. I'm like, that's the government. They know where I'm at, where we moved. And it just shows up. And there it is, right? And it never goes away till you what? Pay it all. Bankruptcy won't cover it. Nothing will cover it. You just keep paying. Maybe the government will let them all go. I don't know. But anyway, th this is what's happened. The proximity to the master got, got far away. The debt wasn't being dealt with. And so the master is saying, I, I got to deal with these people. And so he calls somebody in with $10,000. What's crazy is when you read on in the scripture, you see that not only did the master call the man, he called the whole family. See, church, right there, it tells me the scorecards that you're keeping in your mind, in your life, they ain't just about you. All that's happening in our mind, it usually, it ends up affecting others. And so we find out further on in the parable, right, that the whole family's there. And what's crazy is the master's like, and I don't know about you, but the master says, not only are you going in jail, but your whole family's going in jail, and then you've got to pay it back in jail. I don't know how that works. You must have, like, connections on the outside, and they're going to help pay, but somehow all of you are going to jail. But what's crazy is he falls on his, on his knees. Can you picture it? I mean, if you were in that case, you're about to go to jail over debt, you would do everything you could, right? Especially if it meant your children are going to go with you. And so he falls to the ground and he pleads with the master and he says, have patience. Can you say patience? Have patience. And so here's the master in proximity to this man and the family. And he says, you know what? Okay. I'm not going to put you on a payment plan. I'm not going to say in six months, start a $100 payment. I'm not going to say in a year, just a thousand bucks a year. He says it's gone. Now we know that Jesus usually means what? Spiritual. And so Jesus was saying to him, it's gone. Go, go and be free. Go and be free. Church, every time I read this parable, I'm reminded, as Ashley said this morning, of who I am without him, before him, to who I am now with him. And it always reminds me of what I am without him, which isn't, isn't really even worthy. And so what's crazy is this incredible, like, forgiveness moment comes in. 
Now, when you read the scripture correctly, and this is why this parable is so important and why it's not just about forgiveness, it's bigger than that. So this servant, right? You would think, here, here's my response. Like if you were forgiven 10,000, here's a Christian's response, okay? We would go out and say, okay, I've got 10,000. I don't have to get back to give back. So why don't I go to a bunch of people and say, this 10,000, it's forgiven. Or 100 here, 200 there, 1,000 here. Let's just forgive it. Let's pass on the blessing. What's crazy is if you look at the scripture, immediately he went out searching. He went out. So it's so crazy. This is church though, right? We have a movement of the Lord and then we get in our car and we lift some scorecards back up. We get re-mad at people. We start pulling out that list. We start, come on now, we're, let's be honest, right? You get back in with the spouse you're mad at and you pick that card back up and you've just been in church. He had just been in proximity to the master. He got from distance where he couldn't see him anymore and he immediately pulled up a school card, scorecard of a dude that owed him a hundred Church, we're not 10,000, a hundred. And he went after him. What's crazy is he went after him and what did he do immediately when he saw him? I don't know about you or where you've come from or even brought up in, but I've seen people get choked for real. I've seen the adrenaline in the person doing the choking. I've been at a place of how hard it is to get that person off because of what's fueling inside of them to even want to do that. And so he goes out on a hunt to find his highest scorecard. He takes him, he chokes him. The dude falls to the ground. And here is the crazy thing, and this is where Jesus is really getting to. Same language. He says, have patience. Come on now. You know you've been in a place in your life, right, where God has like used a word and it's like, oh gosh, like that's, he says, have patience. The dude says, no. No. He puts him in prison. Now, all these servants have watched. All, all these servants have watched what, what has happened. And they're like, I, the king, the master just said, it's all gone. Don't, don't worry about it. I hear it. I, I'm going to have pity on you. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to show you mercy. I'm going to, and, and you're not going to show that same mercy for a hundred and so they, they go to the master. And the master just says, put him back in prison. He didn't get it. All right. Let, let's talk about a couple of things here. See, here's what happens in our relationship with Christ. When proximity is there, we, we tend to be able to, to stay with it, Right? When we lose proximity with Christ, we tend to shift. We tend to... When we lose proximity with our relationship, with our intimacy, with our other things step in. There was something wrong with that man. See, we title it all forgiveness. It's not just forgiveness. Jesus was talking bigger here. If you understand Peter, Peter was being wronged all the time because of his faith. They were after him. They wanted him because he associated with Jesus. It was bigger than just, it wasn't just like you wronged me and I, it was bigger. And then this dude leaves the proximity of Jesus and immediately picks up the scorecard and 
it's as if he never met with the master it's as if he never really had an encounter with the master it's as if he never really got what the master was doing in church how many times in church do we not get what the master is doing you're saying where are you going with this let me give you an example um i'll just say it's hypothetical gentleman comes to me and says i don't think that they should serve they're divorced and i just don't think it's a good idea and i say well you know it's not really your place like they've moved on god has blessed them you know transformations happened and that person leaves your office and then somebody who shouldn't have been listening was listening and said hey you know like they were divorced it's like, <laughs> what okay you go back to that person as a bold one that can't get it off your head and you're just like you have to do it and you go back and say just by the way you were divorced well yeah I mean but that's not that was when I was young and that was and then what's the real issue here well let me tell you about this person and you start going on about your grievances against and then I say stop this isn't for me don't come back to me don't bring that mess to me and tell other people if they want to do that that they shouldn't do it because that isn't the parable that Jesus taught us so let it go and then guess what I never saw again hypothetically because see here's what happens we're quick to what forget what God has done for us we're quick to say when we get out the door, holy in the church, out in the... We're quick to forget the move, the grace, the mercy, the covering, the washing. And why is that? Because really when it got down to it, it was just jealousy. I was just mad that this dude is like really like living for the Lord all out in everything. And you're just grumpy because you're not. And you know what? It can be easy. You can blame the church, blame the pastor. I'm just not learning from him. I'm not learning from her. I'm not. Church, the problem with scorecards is that we forget our own. And so as we're building the case on, we're forgetting the case that was, and then we're functioning on, and it's a dangerous place to be. When he stepped out and forgot, because he lost sight of the master <laughs> it wasn't about others it was about let's take it a little further scorecards eliminate the presence of God how can your mind be full of grievances against you that those people most likely don't even know and be full of the presence of God at the same time and grow at the same time and it, is it really possible We get these passages confused. We, we think they're about one thing because we name it that, and yet they're about so much more. And really here, what, what Jesus is talking about is the heart. And so as far as we allow Jesus to move in our heart is as far as we're going to get to go with him. And so as he blesses, as he shows mercy, as he shows grace, then we have to then gift that. And I kind of already said it to you, but... I mean, honestly, like, the parable should have gone like this. You're forgiven. You don't have to go to prison. You don't ever even have to pay for it. In fact, it's over. And then you go out and look at your family and say, this is grace. This is mercy. This, this is truth right here. Let's, as a family, go find $10,000 owed to us and, and just say, forget it. 
forget it. Go see the master and you'll know why. Because I'm not doing it because of me. I'm doing it because the master moved in me and I want you to go back to the master and, and ask him why. Why I'm doing this to you today. But Jesus, Jesus understood hearts. He understood minds. He understood scorecards allow for the spirit of comparison the spirit of jealousy and the spirit of an elevated self to come in because I'm just being honest when I keep a scorecard on my wife I'm doing what to myself just elevating myself and you know what's crazy every time we discuss what's been in my mind because she's so good about just sharing like hey honey I didn't like that like oh okay I'm not so good at that I'm good at like just filing it, filing it, filing it. Three weeks later, really mad, shoveling it out. But where does that get me? Consumed, up in my head, not growing with Christ. I mean, and the self just, that hypothetical situation, that dude was way up on the self side and was watching a self-serving non-self-serving guy and just was mad didn't like it well I knew who he I'm like yeah but that was like 30 years ago yeah but you just don't yeah but God is well I can't forget well that's not God and today I stand here saying I'm so glad I'm so glad that God doesn't keep a scorecard on me and I hope today that you can stand in victory saying you know what he doesn't keep a scorecard on you. And so the scorecards you have, is it probably time to start letting them go? Now I said this in all the services and I'll say it here. The one thing here that forgiveness doesn't tell us, and this is about forgiveness, is obviously when he figured out that he wasn't passing the blessing on, what did he do? He brought him back and said, go to jail. Translation says he was tortured. You can take that two ways, one in his mind, one as in disconnected to Christ. The bottom line is if you keep scorecards and you decide today I'm just going to keep them, your mind is going to be plagued. You're never going to, you're, you're just not going to grow. You're not going to experience what so-and-so is spiritually experiencing until you let them go. Scorecards let go draw you into Christ. Scorecards held on to don't. But then when you let go of that scorecard, it doesn't mean you step back into hurt. Because you know what? When that guy hurt that person, he drawled him in and said, put him in prison. So just because you let the scorecard down, don't, don't misunderstand me. It doesn't mean you enter back into hurt. Rebuke that in the name of Jesus. Say, I forgive you, but it's time for me to... Church, if you're keeping a scorecard like I've explained today, in your heart and in your mind, it is time to deal with it or it will deal with you. And I would, I would beg to say today that many people have got scorecards in their mind that are dealing with them instead of them dealing with it. And Jesus said, I've, so you should. I've blessed, I've shown mercy, I've forgiven, so could you do the same especially since I'm gifting you the power and the ability and the presence to do that. God, we thank you today for your word. We thank you for the words of this parable. 
We thank you for what it means, but I think most of all today, we are thankful that as we drop those scorecards, we remember that you dropped ours. And so God, thank you for covering it. Thank you for washing it away. Thank you for making it so we don't have to do A, B, and C for it to, or D, E, and F for it to be gone. You just said it's gone. Now live in my power, live in my love, live in my presence, live in my, and so today let us live in that. And then let us go out and say, you know what, let's, let's drop some of these scores. Let's let God in some of these places. Let's verbalize forgiveness. Let's, let's verbalize I'm sorry for holding on to. God, let us, let us go out and enact the challenge that's here. We love you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you all. Have a great afternoon. Appreciate each and every one of you. Lots of great things this week, so I hope you can join us.